Indigo Studio. Today we talk about Chicago's number one problem. You know what that is. It's violence. But we want to talk about solutions. We're going to talk to Pastor Corey Brooks from New Beginnings. You might know him as the rooftop minister. He's been on the rooftop since 2010. Out of the box thinking, out of the box doing. He's trying to raise money for the community center that he wants to build that he thinks will cut out crime in his neighborhood. And Father Michael Flager, well, you know him. He is protesting, he is contesting, he is challenging the system to do some things to make Chicago an entire city. These are men who have devoted their lives to solving the problems in Chicago, particularly violence. I'm Hermine Hartman with Indigo Studio. You don't wanna miss this show. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Today we've got a real special program for you. We've got two wonderful men, Father Michael Flager and Pastor Corey Brooks. And we're going to talk about crime, but we're going to talk about solutions to the problem. Not just the problem, but solutions. They both work diligently every day. It's become their mission is to solve some of the crime problems, the violence problems in Chicago. Pastor Corey Brooks, I want to start with you since you are so innovative, uh, sleeping on roofs and stuff. Tell me, Corey, reality-wise, how and why the idea of living on the rooftop came to you in the first place? Well, you know, we've had the idea of um, one, purchasing the motel that was there with a lot of crime, a lot of sex trafficking that was going on. Mm -hmm. We did not have the funds. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't see any way that we could get the funds. It so was directly across from your church. Directly across the street from our church. And uh, so we needed to be creative. And so we got the idea to go on top of the roof. And, and thankfully, um, we got blessed. Uh, we raised enough money with Tyler Perry giving us the last $100,000. A lot of people think that he gave us millions, but it was actually 100000 And with that money, we were able to purchase the motel and uh, tear it down and then start a journey to build uh, an economic empowerment center. And so here we are 10 years later. And again, we didn't have the money to build this $35 million facility. So we said it worked the first time. So we said, let's try it again. So we put some train containers together and I've been up on the roof uh, since November 20th of uh, 2021. And along the way, you've also had some galas to do fundraising. Yes. We've done lots of fundraising. A lot uh, of different ways. A lot of different ways. We've tried to call everyone that we could possibly think of. Uh, we've reached out to everyone. Um, and we've been, I would say we've been pretty successful. So over a year's time, uh, we raised now upward of $23 million. So you're just um, about ready to break ground. We're ready to break ground. Uh, October 29th uh, will be our groundbreaking day. And for the center, tell me about the center. What will the center look like? So the center is going to be a fantastic place. Um, first of all, we have some restaurants. One of the things that we realize in our neighborhood is that um, we don't have a lot of quality restaurants, sit down places where families can go and spend some time. 
So we have places where we can teach hospitality and, and management, restaurant management, uh, with the three restaurants that we have. We also have a, um, a culinary arts department. Hmm. We have a violence prevention uh, center that's going to be there. We have a wind trust bank that's going to be there. Hmm. Uh, we now are, have an urgent care um, that's going to be there. And hopefully, um, by the time this show airs, uh, we'll be able to find out if we're going to have a, a Chick-fil-A or not. So we're working hmm. hard at that. And then, we, have, of course, we have all the things that are going to be involved in helping people transform their lives, like trauma counseling, um, music studios, art studios, computer labs, uh, gym, theater, uh, Olympic-sized swimming pool, two basketball courts, um, office space. It's just a real transformational place uh, for people in the community to be a part of and, and to help get their lives on track. And entrepreneurial uh, yes. studies. Yes, entrepreneurial studies. We have an entrepreneurial study school uh, where we're going to be able to teach entrepreneurship. And uh, we're always looking to see who's going to sponsor that. But right now, we know we're going to have it. Uh, we got the space for it. We have it set up for it. And uh, it's going to be instrumental in making sure that we help people uh, to start business. Because uh, one of the things that we believe is that if we're going to get rid of the violence in our neighborhood, we have to have a better economic base. And part of creating a better economic base is helping people to build some legitimate businesses. Okay. Father Flager, you are a priest. And you didn't intend to get into the work that you are in, but you do a fantastic job being in it. I want to quote you to you. The homicide rate amongst black Chicago is, in 2021 was the highest that it has ever been in the history of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, it's a, it's a number of reasons. It's a very comprehensive issue. I think number one, where we're at right now, is we, before we talk about the violence of guns or lives on the street, we've got to talk about the violence of the roots that caused it. Mm -hmm. You know, the unemployment, the lack of opportunities, the lack of things for our young people to do, like Pastor Brooks has talked about, and we try to do at St. Sabina. Uh, lack of good, decent education, mm -hmm. uh, trauma counseling, mental health, access to good food and good stores, mm -hmm. um, all, housing, I mean, all the things. I said before, you know, we have this, this, this like a Jenga game, you know, and we pulled out all these things, education, housing, uh, uh, employment, all this stuff, and we wonder why communities have collapsed. We've collapsed them and allowed this to happen as a society. Um, so we got to deal with that. We've got to deal with um, the things that are missing. Um, we've got to deal with policing. Um, I frankly, just personally, I am disgusted with law enforcement in the city of Chicago right now. I don't think there is a strategy. I think it's a, if there is one, it's not working. Um, and, and then I think we've got to deal with getting in the mindset of our, our babies, our children. I don't understand in 2022 why we are not teaching conflict resolution and peacemaking from preschool to senior year high school in every school in the city of Chicago. Private, public parochial, mm -hmm. why are we, we have all this captive audience. Why are we not helping train and teach them to be peacemakers in conflict resolution? Why are we not doing this in our school? I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Have you ever talked to um, superintendent at the Board of Ed to suggest that? I have not talked to him directly since he's come in Pedro, but I have talked to the previous ones. I've talked to the board itself of education. Um, I've talked to, to the mayor about it. I've talked to 
alderman about it. I, I just don't get it. Um, it's a missed opportunity for me. Um, then there's all the things that fertilize this, this, this culture of violence in, in, in the music, in, in videos, in, in the game shows, and all the stuff that help. We have, there's so many different participants of this, and it's no one easy answer, but I think there's things in every one of the areas that can be done that we're not doing. And uh, therefore we have, you know, everybody talk about the numbers are down in 2022. It's, it's better now. We're, we're down. Well, we're comparing them to last year. Right? Compared to what? <laughs> Which was through the roof. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't feel good that we're better than last year when it was totally through the roof and unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, and I hear all the time people saying now, well, now it's moved to River North. Now it's moved downtown. Now it's moved to West Loop and South. Of course. You know, it, it, it's just like drugs. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to grow and continue to, to move all over. I call it equal opportunity. Crime. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Equal. And, and, and we're now getting to the day where nobody is on the news going to be saying, this never happened in our neighborhood before. Now it does. It does everywhere. So you've talked about Chicago being a tale of two cities. Absolutely. How do we make it one city? Well, I'd like to see us, you know, from government, federal, state, municipal, county, from corporate America. I'd like to see us get all in like we were for COVID. Hmm. At COVID, Illinois, all in. Mm-hmm. Everybody concerned about COVID because everybody looked at somebody else <laughs> as you could be the one that spreads it to me. And everybody was in unison about what we've got to do to get rid of COVID. Well, why can't we be that about violence? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is because the primary victim of violence is black or brown. We just saw recently in Chicago, Highland Park. Mm -hmm. Highland Park was national news for eight days. We still hear about Highland Park weeks later. We saw about all the, the, the news stories done about children in Highland Park going back to school and what they were dealing with in trauma because of what had happened in Highland Park and violence. Mm-hmm. I get that. I'm glad they had the concerts, the fundraisers, the mental health people that donated their time. I'm glad we got all that. I'm just saying, me too. Me too. That's what true. about South Side and West Side of Chicago? We didn't see any stories about what our children go back with the trauma. Mm-hmm. We don't see the emphasis or the, or the aggressive move to say, how are we taking care of our children dealing with it? Mm-hmm. No. So we see, and why is that? Because Highland Park is financially better off mm-hmm. and it's primarily white. Mm-hmm. It's a diff- there was a difference in the coverage even. In oh, the I, news coverage. Every day. Every day. Every day. Corey, you live and you, your church, your block is called the worst in the city of Chicago. Do you think the center, your new center, Project Hood, will uh, diminish those numbers? Without a shadow of a doubt, um, in 2014, I believe, the Chicago Sun-Times wrote an article, the most dangerous block in all of Chicago, mm-hmm. O Block. And it was called O Block because it was named after a young man named O.D. Perry who was shot and killed. The gangs took the O in his name and started calling it O Block. Well, since 2014, we've really been working hard to make sure that we eradicate as much violence as possible. And as a consequence, uh, we're no longer the most dangerous block in the city of Chicago. Uh, Then we were in the top three. 
Uh, now we're not even in the top 30. Very I would good. like to think that that's because of the work that we've done specifically uh, with the guys who are in gangs from different sectors, from different sections, different blocks. Uh, I think that's one of the things that's made us successful and it's uh, one of the things that keeps us going. Even right now we have 15 uh, staffers on our violence uh, team. Out of those 15, 12 of those are from four different gangs, four different cliques. And I think movements like that, getting them, like Father Flager says, to learn conflict resolution has been instrumental. And so, yes, I absolutely 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, think that uh, having a center is going to help us even more. We're talking to Pastor Corey Brooks about his new center to be built, needing just 11 million more dollars to build. And we're talking to Father Flager with all the wonderful things that he does with St. Sabina. This is Indigo Studio. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls. Grandpa showing up an hour early. And perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights. In all of Chicago, there's no place like Wicked. Don't miss your chance to defy gravity at the Needlelander Theater from September 28th through December 4th. NBC Nightly News calls it the most successful Broadway show ever. Visit broadwayinchicago.com to get wicked. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal, our goal, our goal is, is to see you accomplish yours. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. We're back with Father Flager and Corey Brooks, and we're talking about Chicago rebuilding, we're talking about the violence, and we're talking about the solutions, most of all the solutions. Let me, let me pose something to both of you, because you've dealt with it. Corey, I think you're about to deal with mm -hmm. it. What happens on your block, for example? There's a Walgreens, been closed for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, across the street, in the middle of the block, there is a McDonald's, mm -hmm. been closed by 15 years. Now, these are big businesses, and the buildings just stand there, vacant. How do, you, how do, you, how do we make those companies uh, be responsible? Father, you, you told them, go, and we got some new people that want to come in. Mm -hmm. So you took it and made it an entrepreneurial opportunity. Mm -hmm. How do we deal with that? Because that's a problem, too. That's a problem with these buildings just mm -hmm. sitting in our neighborhoods vacant. Yeah. What do we do? I think the, the model that Father Flager presented is works. I think the fact that businesses do leave and they do come, uh, when, when businesses decide to leave, like McDonald's and Walgreens 
you can't stop them, so go ahead and leave. But but give us the opportunity to turn those business those buildings into some viable businesses. Just don't leave them there abandoned right. with boards on them, with vandals mm -hmm. coming in and making the neighborhood worse. And then we got graffiti all on the building, and it mm -hmm. just draws everything down. Why not turn those buildings over to organizations like ours, allow us to put some entrepreneurs in there to help them get seated and started uh, to keep our community moving forward. I think um, that's what has to happen, not just on the south side of Chicago, um, but as we talked off air, even as you saw when Oprah went uh, to mm -hmm. the West Loop, that's the type of situation that can happen when businesses leave, but others decide to come in. And I think uh, yeah, Father Flager right. and St. Sabina them have done that really well. I call the West Side of Chicago, which is now known as the West Loop, I call it yeah. Oprahville. Mm -hmm. It's where McDonald's now corporate office, where it sits. But because of her buying Absolutely. the building mm -hmm. and doing her show, yes. she turned the whole, turned the it wasn't a block, around. she told the whole right. area, totally, yeah. totally, mm -hmm. Uh, totally around and it's uh it's 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 brand new now it's just a whole brand oh, new yeah. area so you you brought new entrepreneurs we, in and we try to bring some business like we opened up uh, with work with Brewers coffee shop and, mm. and a man who lived in the neighborhood all these years always wanted a coffee shop now he opens up there mm. well, we've got another brother across the street who's opening up a little um, uh, sandwich shop right across the street from Renaissance Park I think we've got to give, uh, as Pat Brooks said, take these buildings and, and talk to the landlords mm -hmm. and the owners to say, listen, you can't charge this price. Mm -hmm. So come in here and let us bring in some entrepreneurial businesses. But I think it's also, you know, it's both and. Bringing in the new businesses, but also putting the pressure mm -hmm. on the Walgreens when they want to pull out. You I'm know, guess about. what? Yeah. If you, because Walgreens, after the civil unrest in the city, mm -hmm. Walgreens was closed down. And I, I said, oh, here's what they're going to do. They're going to use this to, I start seeing the opening some other ones they had fixed out in parts, and one on some Anthony Racine, so sitting there. So oh, we reached out to them. So let's understand, this Walgreens is going to reopen, or we're going to be marching on every one of your Walgreens in the city. Mm -hmm. You're not going to ban it in and and Racine. Mm -hmm. And we put a lot of pressure on them. And then they came in, hired a black construction company because we demanded that, and then redid the store and I opened it back up. We got to demand those corporations to invest in the community. And sometimes with a store, but sometimes with money. Mm -hmm. So you want to leave, here's what you're going to give financially to help this black business open up. Mm -hmm. You know, we got a, a brother coming to the church a couple of weeks, he wants to open up a smoothie shop and he's going to come test out what people have their guests like like the most with flavors and but when we want to help him open up a smoothie shop mm -hmm. so I think I think we've got to demand the the corporate America to invest and I think we've got to also uh, help them to not just in their in their companies but also money to help entrepreneurs and then mentor them that's right we can't set up a new young black business starts up and they're going to close in three years. Mm -hmm. So mentor them, help provide the, the, the guidance to them, because mm -hmm. you're successful, you've done it, mm -hmm. help him do it. So key words, invest and mentor. Right. Corey, now you're doing that in your construction, where you're teaching carpentry, electrician, and other construction skills. But next step, after they learn, then you're going to abandon buildings. Absolutely. And you're fixing them up, and putting them back on the, you, you kill two birds with one stone. You put the tax roll, you put the building back on the tax roll, yes. but you also provide housing. Absolutely. So we take people in the construction class, 
Uh, we not only teach them formally how to build, but we then we take them out to these abandoned houses or apartments that we've purchased in the neighborhood. We rehab them, mm -hmm. and then we do one of two things. After we rehab them, we either sell them uh, so that we can put back in the construction class, or we rent them. Uh, if we sell them, we try to sell to individuals who have gone through our housing program to learn the responsibility of housing, those who have been renting for years. So we're trying to, um, at the end of the day, we're trying to build an economic base mm -hmm. because as we talk about fighting violence, I think one of the biggest issues outside of education is just creating a strong economic base. And our communities lack so much economically mm -hmm. uh, that we have waited for years for individuals to come outside and fix things for us. And for whatever reason, it's just not happening. Right. Uh, whether it's a Walgreens or a McDonald's or elected officials, they're not doing enough. And we can and we should apply pressure to them, but we also have to take responsibility and start saying, you know what, we're not going to wait on them anymore. Right. Let's go in and take it over and do it ourselves. And so that's what we we've been trying to institute uh, as a part of what we do. Are some of the kids that you take into the construction trades by any chance gang members? Almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, even now, you know, one of the greatest joys that I have, I mean, is. Uh, and it may not seem big, a big thing to some people, but last week I tweeted about how three of the kids that I've watched them growing up, and Father Flager can, he knows how this feeling is. You've watched some kids grow up from 12 to 13 to 14. So we have these three boys who are, they're 19 and 20 now. And for the first week, they were all on time, all week long. Mm -hmm. And when you know their background, yeah. when they, how they've come out of juvenile system, now, these are kids that were carrying guns. These are kids that were involved in gangs. It may not seem big that they were on time for one week, mm -hmm. but that's a big deal. And so I get a, a lot of joy seeing a lot of the guys from off the block who feel like they haven't had any opportunities and everybody's against them. I enjoy seeing their lives being turned around. And we specifically uh, target individuals who, who, you know, possibly were in gangs or are getting ready to get involved in gang life. That's our that's our goal, and those are the ones that we seem to do the best with. So you're doing behavior modification yes. as well as the training. Lots and of the big deal is the behavior modification. Yeah, lots of behavior. And, and you just them how to run a checkbook, all of that. That's <laughs> what Patrick Brooks is saying, is that we don't realize, you know, people want to demonize Woodlawn, Auburn, Gresham, Englewood, Lawndale, whatever. This is this gang territory, this is gang dealer. They, 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 they write them off as nothing. This is untapped potential yeah. that have never been given the opportunity or the chance. I had a young brother, got him into the second chance program for CTA. Mm. He now drives trains for CTA. Another brother who was never finished high school, got him a job at a company. He's in the warehouse. He's helping them um, put orders together. And they're realizing this guy's got an amazing mind with finance, I mean, with numbers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they watch him, and he, all of a sudden he's moving up, and now he's you know, telling other people to put the orders together. He now works in the finance office of that company and never finished high school. Mm. He's got the natural gift and talent, but wasn't developed, it wasn't cultivated. You know, Michael Jordan would have never played basketball if he didn't somebody didn't cultivate that talent. Mm -hmm. We're guilty of abandonment and neglect yeah. to communities and to young people and to lives. 
and we suffer the consequences, and then we want to blame them. It's like the old saying, you know, uh, cut off the legs and, and blame them for not walking. Uh, you know, it, it's we have to do better as a city, as a society. What can our schools do to improve? I mean, they're taking they've taken so much out of the schools. Yeah. What are they putting into the schools? You just answered the question. To solve <laughs> some of these. I mean, you took music out. You took uh, vocational education out. So where are the kids, where are they supposed to learn the basic skills? These were basic skills yeah. when we were in school. And, well, and those were team sports. And those you know, were, work they were together, team develop sports. their talent, see the gifts of them. So we, we neglect schools mm -hmm. tremendously, and I don't care. Just like it's a tale of two cities, it's a tale of two school systems, mm -hmm. and that's just the reality. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is, is that um, so they've got to be equal in education, but also I wonder why we're not teaching that conflict resolution, why we're not teaching peacemaking. Why are we not doing that? I just, I just read an article this week where I think it was one of the schools. This is big deal discovery. They are teaching Dr. King's principle of nonviolence. I was like, it was like a discovery. Right. When I read it, it was right. like they discovered, <laughs> they discovered something. The principles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I, I said same thing you did. I said, why isn't this taught in all of the schools? Well, here's a problem that I also think that um, in the in the city of Chicago, you asked somebody, hey, what's the great schools in Chicago? Whitney Young, Walter Payton, right. Jones, come on. They'll go down the list of these great schools. How come you can't say the school down your block? Yeah. All of them. The school next to you, the school next to me. All of them. Every school ought to be a great school. Mm -hmm. We just decide where the great schools will be. So everybody trying to get in to a Jones or a Whitney Young mm -hmm. or a Walter Payton. Mm -hmm. When we should create a school that everybody's trying to get into on Laughlin and on Bishop and on yes. Halstead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, we're blaming the victims. And we've stratified the system. Problem. Yeah. What do we say to the police department? What do we say to the police department who puts out a report that says, we've got a public safety plan? And then the next news story is, and this week, 50 people got yes, shot, exactly. five people got killed, and crime is going down. What do we say to that? Yeah, you know, I, I, everything rises and falls on leadership. People don't want to accept that, but Leadership. that's a responsibility. When things are not going right at uh, Project Hood, New Beginnings Church, I can't blame the members of my church. It's you. That's me. And, and, and uh, I think we have to point the finger where, where we should. And, and, and leadership is solely responsible to make things move forward, especially in the city of Chicago. And oftentimes, we don't allow them to hold the brunt of the responsibility that they should. So the superintendent of police has to step up. He doesn't have an option. Mm -hmm. He has to have a safety plan. And that safety plan has to be communicated so that we all understand it and come into agreement with it. And when that does not happen, we need to hold them and the mayor accountable. On that note, <laughs> we're going to conclude our program. Leadership counts. Leadership matters. Absolutely. Leadership matters. Thank you very much, Pastor Corey Brooks. Thank you Thank for your out-of-the-box going up on the roof. Thank you. And I want to see you break ground. I'm, I'm there for Absolutely. the break ground ceremony. And Father Flager, not enough love, not enough thank, thank yous you. for the wonderful thank things you. That, you, that, you, that you do. Keep that voice going. Stay loud. Thank you. Stay woke. Keep coming. Yes, ma'am.
This is Indigo Studio, and I'm Hermine Harden. Thank you for watching. Back and relax, educate and inform. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio, always in the know. With Hermine Hartman, you'll be enlightened.